And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Welcome. This is Tom Laurie, and today we will be focusing on relationships and how we can develop that magic something when building stronger relationships in business and life. Have you ever struggled to communicate with someone who acts as if they are from another planet? Do you end up raising your voice, hoping to make yourself understood? Then join me and my guest mentors today, Kim Christfort and Dr. Suzanne Vickberg, as we discuss their research which is in their just-published book, Business Chemistry, Practical Magic for Crafting Powerful Work, Relationships. Kim is the National Managing Director for the Deloitte Greenhouse Experience Group, which helps executives tackle tough business challenges through immersive, facilitated lab experiences and client experience. Uh, Dr. Vickberg also known as Dr. Suze, is the Deloitte Greenhouse Experience Group's very own social personality psychologist and the business chemistry lead researcher, which means she is the one who studies people's thoughts, behaviors, and preferences and how they are influenced by both who they are and the situations they're in. She uses business chemistry to help teams explore how the mix of perspectives brought by their individual members influence their work together. Deloitte is one of the big four accounting organizations and the largest professional services uh, network in the world by revenue and number of professionals. Let's begin a minute with uh, me reflecting a little bit about my experience in building teams. It's been something that's been near and dear to my heart for many, many years as I've built companies. And getting the teams right and getting them working together is a challenge for all CEOs. Uh, The work here not only pertains just to the work environment, but also to your personal life. I have been through many sessions taking Myers-Briggs. I've done the Strengths Finders. I've worked with organizational development professionals over many years. All have different value. But the one thing that really came to mind at the end of the day is the chemistry issue. How do you work across different differences that people have, different values. Uh, We can know their strengths. We can know what their Myers-Briggs category is. But getting to work together and bringing this together is the secret sauce. And when I saw this book uh, that that, uh, Dr. Vickberg and uh, Kim wrote, I immediately got my hands on it and thought this would uh, be something that I could use in the company that I run today. As a matter of fact, we're going to start using it uh, here in the next couple of months. And I wanted to get them on the phone or on the radio, excuse me, on the phone uh, from their offices in New York and San Francisco to discuss their research and what this means for all of us and how can we apply it. So let's begin with... uh, Uh, Let's start with Kim. What is business chemistry and why does this matter? Yeah, so business chemistry is interesting because, as you've said, there's a lot of differences between people. We sort of know that, and uh, and yet we still are challenged sometimes with putting that knowledge of differences into practice. So business chemistry was really an attempt to have a very pragmatic approach to recognizing what are those differences and then translate that into things you can actually do differently, whether you're interacting with an individual or whether you're trying to manage a team. And doesn't this, I mean, one of the things that hit me as I was going through, doesn't this apply to all kinds of relationships? 
Absolutely. I mean, we, we know that, that human beings are different. And in fact, many of the patterns that we talk about in business chemistry, I suspect once people read the book, they go home and they say, wait a second, I can see this in my family members or my friends. And, and of course, you know, there's a lot of aspects of human behavior that are universal. What is interesting about business chemistry is that we translated that to a business context. So even if somebody is, let's say, one of our styles, a pioneer in their general world, you know, what does that look like when they're in the workplace and how do you recognize it and how might you tap into that to do something better? And uh, I'll throw this question to uh, Dr. Seuss. What, do, what does it mean when we're talking about working across stark differences between people? Well, one of the things that we find uh, when it comes to working across differences, so for example, if you're a very detail-focused person, which I am, I'm a guardian, one of our types, and Kim is a, a pioneer, much more of a big idea person, it can mean that you really see things quite differently. She and I approach things differently. We often have different perspectives on what's important. And, you know, for example, in a book that we've written together, what, what should go into the book and where it should fit in the book. But the great thing about making the effort to work across differences, which isn't always easy, is that we have complementary strengths. So, you know, Kim is good at certain things and I'm good at other things and we're able to, to bolster each other's limitations and, you know, sort of both play to our strengths when we work together. Now, to build these kind of relationships takes an investment on part of both people. Is that correct? That's absolutely true. And it also depends on the people's willingness to, to make that investment. You know, Suzanne and I talk a lot about this concept of flexing. And flexing is a really interesting word because flexing could mean stretching and that, you know, you're really going far away from maybe your own comfort zone. But flexing can also mean to contract. And so there's also that pull back towards someone. And the degree to which you are leaning forward or, or leaning towards yourself depends a lot on how the person on the other side um, is feeling about it, whether they're willing to flex, whether there's a reporting relationship that maybe makes uh, it, it, a little bit of a dynamic uh, complexity increase. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. But, yes, it's absolutely about thinking about where you can somehow find middle ground, even if it's not exactly in the middle. Now, Malcolm Gladwell, I believe it was, wrote a book a few years ago called Blink, on which we uh, – are supposed to take our initial impressions. Uh, I, it sounds like that would be in conflict with what you guys are proposing and, and what you've learned in your research in terms of not jumping to conclusions too quickly. Well, yes and no. I think what's interesting about Blink and the concept of thin slicing is this idea that a small amount of data can in fact give you a lot of insight. You don't necessarily get to better results by having more data. And with business chemistry, we're really looking at mathematical correlations. So, for instance, if I know that you have certain characteristics, you make decisions quickly, you're very quantitative, I can maybe have a sense of the other things that you would also prefer without necessarily needing all those data points. So, from that perspective, the, the blank concept is very consistent. The typing, though, is not, right? We, we definitely are not trying to oversimplify and say just because somebody behaves this way, they are always going to be like that. And so a lot of what we emphasize in business chemistry is trying to, to see the differences as well as the similarities to type. Great. When we return, we're going to continue our discussion with Deloitte's Kim Christfort and Dr. Suzanne Vickberg about using practical magic for creating powerful relationships. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. 
My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. My pillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to mypillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632. 1-800-890-6632 and use promo code mentors. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. Hopeinacan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and we are talking with Kim Christfort and Dr. Suzanne Vickberg about their breakthrough work at Deloitte's Greenhouse Experience Group on improving relationships both at work and at home. Just like dating, it is all about the chemistry, that magical something. I think this question we'll ask um, is, the next question is, what, what is the Deloitte Greenhouse? Why was it created and what, do you, what does it do? The Deloitte Greenhouse was created because we realized that a lot of challenges that businesses are facing are not solved with technical knowledge alone. They really were being held back in many instances from making progress because of human dynamics. What we found with the greenhouse is that if we could diagnose what those human factors were and then design experiences that help to break down those barriers, we were able to help get clients to break through. And you've used it, I understand, within Deloitte itself. And and what are some of the great insights that you've gained from this work, other than the uh, the chemistry subject that we're talking about today? Yeah. So we, you're right. We started a lot of this work for ourselves because so often, in fact, almost universally, we're working in teams, whether that's within Deloitte or with our clients. And what we found is that, you know, business chemistry is, in fact, a large part of that. There's, there's the dynamics of working style that come into play. But beyond that, we're often dealing with cognitive biases, whether that's status quo um, and, and fear of change, whether that's uh, peer effects, everybody's waiting for somebody else to do something, a number of different things. Um, and we, we found that if you get back to basics and you think of humans as humans and you focus on relationships, you can actually get significant traction on the business side as well. The things work very well in tandem. Well, you guys have, in your work in, in the greenhouse, uh, have come up with four archetypes uh, for us to use as templates with regards to uh, styles that we should consider and then figure out how we should get them to work together. Could you tell us a little bit about the uh, different types that you've come up with and a little bit some of their key attributes, uh, Suzanne? Sure. Uh, so one of the types is pioneer, and pioneers are really the type that most values possibilities, and they tend to bring imagination and energy to a team. And their opposite is the guardian. The guardian is going to value stability, and what they're going to bring to the team is order and rigor. Then there's the driver, who really values challenge. So they both like to accomplish and, and sort of best a challenge, but they also are very willing to challenge others. And they're going to really bring momentum to a team. And their opposite is the integrator. And the integrator values connection. And they're the ones who often draw teams together. And 
they are not absolute. Is that correct? There, are, There's no one type that's better than another. Correct. Well, two, two, two things in relation to that. One is that each of us is a mix of all four types. So we're going to all have a little bit of every type in us, but we're most of us are going to be more dominant in, in one or, or two of the types than the others. And in addition to that, all of the types have strengths that they bring to teams and to organizations and to one-on-one relationships. And on the flip side, they all have things that, that may be a little bit more difficult for them or not come as naturally to them. So we can all flex outside of our, of our primary type, meaning, you know, I mentioned earlier that I'm a guardian, so I'm a very detail-focused person, but if necessary, I certainly can think about the big picture. It's just not necessarily what I would automatically do on my own, uh, but I can do it, and I will do it when I need to, and all of us can flex to the situation that we're in. This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. Today we're talking to two executives from Deloitte's Greenhouse Experience Group, Chris, Kim Christfort and Dr. Suzanne Vickberg, about communicating with people who have different working styles. We would love your feedback and questions. Call anytime at 844-810-8255. That is 844-810-TALK. So, Kim, going back uh, to these four styles, and there's no one way and we're a mix of some of these things. As I was reading about the research that you did, there's two things that I came uh, away with. One is uh, the importance of empathy and how that translates into what I think most people do is we think about how people, we want people to treat us. But really the key is how others would like to be treated by us. Uh, Could you talk a little bit to that, Kim? Absolutely. Empathy is an interesting concept because part of empathy is that you really need to understand where somebody's coming from and, and, you know, how they are thinking about things. And that is absolutely at the heart of being able to connect effectively. One of the things that often happens, though, is that once you sort of get a sense of a person it's easy to jump to the conclusion that, okay, well, I know what to do now because if I were in that situation, here is what I would want or here is what I would need. When, in fact, the more effective second part of empathy is to say, okay, given my understanding of that person, what would they want me to do? And it, it, it was fascinating. You know, there's a, a big difference between knowledge of something and, and ability to actually do it. There's a fantastic YouTube video about the backward bike, which I highly recommend, Um, but the concept applies here, which is that it's very simple to ride a bike once you've learned how, and if you introduce somebody to a new bike where if you turn the wheel to the left, it goes to the right, and if you turn it to the right, it goes to the left, in theory, that's really easy to understand, but you're in the habit of riding a bike a certain way, and so until you start actually trying to think about how to ride the bike differently and practice it, it can be hard to actually do. And it's the same with working styles. We are in the habit of doing things the way that we like to. So even if we intellectually know that somebody's different, we need to actually practice trying to behave, trying to flex in a way that suits them rather than what feels natural to us. So what do you do in the greenhouse? I mean, that's a very interesting uh, problem in that we uh, tend to want, you know, we think of ourselves and how we want to be treated. Uh, what are the maybe a couple of quick steps that people need to go down to try and figure out how to sort out what other people need and how we uh, deliver that? I, I, yeah, I find that oftentimes of we in think the greenhouse we try to get at this. Sometimes we we actually have people articulate it for themselves, and so who better than a guardian to say what a guardian needs or an integrator to say what an integrator needs? And so we often just have people communicate with the rest of the group, what are the differences? And we're surprised how often people are shocked to hear, I had no idea you like to do that. Um, But the second thing is we do a lot of situational things where we actually have people in a scenario where they need to make decisions about something and we'll play it out. So, for instance, we will have a situation where people need to figure out where is their next meeting going to be held. And then we'll give them an added fact, which is, well, the person who's making this decision is a driver. 
okay, how would you tell the story now? Okay, great. Now the person is a pioneer. How is the story similar or different? And by having them actually try these things out and then compare and contrast, it gives a real-time example of some of these changes that they need to make. And tell me, when you're doing your work, and either one of you can answer the question, what do you do with a narcissist? <laughs> yes, well, the beauty of it, in part, and Suzanne, I'll let you weigh in uh, as well on this, is that there's a little narcissist in all of us, uh, which is partly why I think business chemistry has, has made inroads, because you hook people because they're interested in themselves. But very quickly, people realize that there is this much broader, interesting application when they look beyond themselves. And so that's really where we get the lasting benefits. Suzanne, any uh, other thoughts on narcissism? Yeah, well, I would just say that, you know, while trying to interact with others in a way that helps everybody excel has an altruistic sort of part to it, it also has a selfish part. If I want something from you, my best bet at getting that thing from you is to interact with you in a style that you're most comfortable with. So, you know, you, you could tell someone, hey, you don't have to do this, but if you really want to succeed and you really want the other person to, you know, make the decision you're asking them to make or give you that budget money you want, uh, this is a great way to go about doing it. When we return, we will continue our discussion with Deloitte's pioneer driver, Kim Christfort, and guardian integrator, Dr. Suzanne Vickberg, about using practical magic for creating powerful relationships. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. Are you struggling with how to practice your faith at work? Get answers to your questions and much more on the Catholic Business Journal. Focusing on careers and business with a Catholic perspective. That's CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. The Catholic Business Journal, generating a return on principle. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. This is a church. A church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willethauser Architectural Glass. Willethauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen, with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience, brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. Willethauser.com There's a new book out that will open your eyes in ways you never expected. It's called Bully of Asia by Stephen W. Mosier, a critically acclaimed author and internationally recognized authority on China. In Bully of Asia, you'll find insightful and timely commentary on the economic and geopolitical rise of the People's Republic of China. You'll learn what China's aspirations for resurgence and hegemony mean for America and the free world. Bully of Asia is a must-read for anyone concerned about China's growing power and influence, and the threat of an increasingly aggressive and militaristic China poses to Western democratic values. To get your copy of Bully of Asia, go to bullyofasia.com. That's bullyofasia.com. Find out why China's dream is the new threat to world order. Bullyofasia.com. And now, 
Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and we are talking with Kim Christfort and Dr. Suzanne Vickberg about their breakthrough work at Deloitte's Greenhouse Experience Group on developing the magic to improve relationships both at work and at home. Kim, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your own journey uh, in your career. I often say I've I've somehow landed the perfect job for me. <laughs> I didn't think it existed. In fact, it probably didn't exist before. I was actually a pre-med undergrad, very into science, but I also was an artist and a, and a choreographer and had this theater side to me and then ended up getting my MBA. So I was kind of all over the place in terms of interest. And what became very clear as I was working at Deloitte and working with, with clients and their teams is that bringing together the, the analytics and the science with the business application, with the bit of theatricality and drama to appeal to the human and activate the human side, was incredibly powerful. And that's really at the heart of Greenhouse and what we're doing with my role today. And Suzanne, your journey? Well, interestingly, I'd say that I also have landed the perfect job for me. Um, I started out my training as a social personality psychologist and sort of took a tour through health psychology and working in healthcare organizations and got interested in organizational development. So went back and got my MBA and then moved into some culture type of consulting and improving workplaces and then ended up in the greenhouse and now have the opportunity to kind of bring all of that together uh, in the research that we're doing with, with people's different working styles and also then having the chance to work with teams to, to help them work better together. And how did you two meet? Well, I, I actually, I think I hired you, Suzanne, after I got rave reviews about your work for um, uh, Best Places to Work. Is that right? Well, I was at Deloitte for a while, uh, but then, yeah, I came onto Kim's team when it was still pretty small. There weren't a lot of people on it, uh, but you guys were looking for a researcher, and here I was. So you did and some it work for took us uh, a while. It's interesting. It took us a while to find the right role for you, and it's one of the things yeah. we talk about in the book. Um, there's sort of an assumption, I think, that again, you know, what works for you works for everybody, and we have this attitude that okay, well, we need a researcher, and we have lots of different research that needs to be done. So let's just spread Suzanne all across multiple projects, and that's the way that that I had always worked. And it became clear that Suzanne really disliked being spread thin. She would rather be focused and go deep. And once we figured that out and really dialed things in and had her just focus on business chemistry, it completely changed the game. And in fact, we would not have had a book today if we hadn't made that shift in her role. And you mentioned you have different styles. So how do you work together and how do you work through or, or across these differences? It's a Either lot of give and take. From, from my side, I tend to be very fast-moving. Let's, you know, throw out an idea and, and, you know, make it happen and shift if we need to. And I think I can drive Suzanne crazy with that sometimes. Uh, you know, she, she I think, has, has learned to, to tolerate some of that. Um, and, you know, on the flip side, I think I, I really have developed a deep appreciation for the process and for the details and the fact that she is making sure that, that those ideas that are thrown out at a moment's notice have a soft landing place or a way to carry them forward. And I think, you know, I've learned over time, I mean, it's clear to me, A, you know, how much Kim is doing, how many balls she has in the air, because unlike me, who gets to focus really very deeply in one area, she's doing a lot of different things. And so... I'm, I'm here keeping track of the details and what needs to get done, especially when we were writing the book. You know, I was the one with the spreadsheets and all of that, knowing what we had done and what we hadn't done. And I, I, I know that, you know, sometimes I have to remind him about, you know, one tiny little detail when she has a sea of things that she's focused on. And so, you know, you learn to adjust. I understand why Kim doesn't 
always remember about that one detail that needs to get done and why I do. And so, you know, you, you just adjust to making sure that luckily there's one person who kind of has the luxury to, to make sure all the ducks are in a row. This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. Today we are talking to two executives from Deloitte's Greenhouse Experience Group, Kim Chrisfort and Dr. Suzanne Vickberg, about communicating with people who have different working styles. If you tuned in late, you can hear the entire show by going to thementorsradio.com. That's thementorsradio.com. As you were talking, Suzanne, um, it reminded me of somebody that I worked with uh, Obviously, in the work that I do, we do a lot of press releases, and I had somebody who had been in the PR world and really wanted to write screenplays. I am uh, someone with an engineering background, so I'm more direct and fact-based, and I can remember times in my office, we didn't understand each other's style. We figured it out, uh, maybe not with a template, uh, but we would actually scream and yell about just one word in a press release. Uh <laughs> And people outside the office thought we were angry at each other. And actually, it was just the way we worked. And the result was outstanding because we ended up with pieces in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times and London uh, Times as well. So I I think what we learned together, Mick and I, uh, is that we ended up with a good outcome. So we knew the process was okay. Uh, I mean, that's we kind of learned it at the end of the, uh, I shouldn't say at the end, but as we worked through it, because the results were outstanding. It would have helped a lot if we understood that uh, our style's a little better in the beginning. Yeah, and I think part of what helps over time is you develop trust. So one of my favorite stories about our book writing process is about the timeline. You know, for both of us, this was our first book, so we didn't really have a very clear picture about how everything would go, but I took the first shot at creating a timeline and, you know, it was very, very complicated because that's how I do things. And I added up all the pieces and the things that I thought would need to happen. And I had this complicated process of who was writing what and reviewing what at various times. And I decided it would take about a year and a half to write the book. And I sent this to Kim and and she, she basically said, this seems overly complicated. Why don't we just, split the chapters in half, you write half, I'll write half, then we'll switch. And I think we can do it in about six months. And, you know, I had to really adjust my frame. Um, But because I've worked with Kim for a fairly long time, I said, okay, um, let me, let me try to adjust. Let's try to go with that. And, and we did. And, you know, it took maybe only slightly longer than six months to write the book. Um, But, the trust between us was important because I think that um, if we didn't have that, it would have been harder for me to head down a path that was uh, quite unclear to me in terms of how it was going to work out. Yeah, it seemed to me the trust would be absolutely critical to anything like that. Have you been in situations where people have done this work, but uh, at the end of the day, they still couldn't get over the hurdle of trust? Well, I think trust takes time. So you oftentimes when we work with people out of the gate, the first conversation, you're not necessarily going to get to a full place of trust, but you're starting to sow the seeds that will serve you well later. And we have a lot of teams that don't trust one another. And oftentimes it is due to some sort of business chemistry thing where the lack of trust is maybe because they're misattributing why they're not connecting and they feel like somebody just doesn't get it versus somebody is just approaching it from a different standpoint. And we're able usually to at least show that no, somebody's not crazy. It's not that they're not understanding what you're, what you're saying. They just have a different way of looking at it. I have seen that often. That's why this book is such a a great gift. Listen, when we return, we're going to continue our discussion with Kim Christfort and Dr. Suzanne Vickberg from Deloitte about using practical magic for creating powerful relationships. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. 
Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Loy, and we're talking with Kim Christfort and Dr. Suzanne Vickberg of Deloitte about that magical something that makes relationships work, particularly in work, at work and at home. Uh, one of the things that you cover, and I want you to talk a little bit about, is uh, I think it's a big topic, and it's something a lot of people don't pay attention to, and that's uh, the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. Uh, I know you cover that in your book, but if, you, if one of you could take, appreciate it. Sure, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. So what we've found with our business chemistry types is that some of them tend to be a little more introverted and some tend to be a little more extroverted. And we have some subtypes as part of business chemistry uh, that actually ends up having three types of introverts and three types of extroverts. So we've talked about the guardian who tends to be introverted and the pioneer who tends to be extroverted. But the driver and integrator types we talked about actually each have two subtypes and they divide along these lines. So for the drivers, we have the scientist who's going to be sort of a more experimental and kind of intellectual kind of person. And then we have the commander who's going to be more extroverted and the one kind of out there leading the troops. With the integrators, we have the dreamer who, again, tends to be a little more introverted. They tend to not engage as much with other people. Relationships are important to them, but maybe on a smaller scale than the teamer who is the more extroverted type of integrator, and they're the ones who are going to be, you know, doing more uh, heavy-duty collaboration and bringing people together and having a lot of sort of more relationships with more people. And so we find, you know, in a way that not, not all extroverts are the same and not all introverts are the same. We sort of have these subtypes, but if we want to group them into those larger groups, we think of it in terms of the level of reserve, sort of, and how fast people are to, to jump into a conversation. That tends to be the, the biggest defining factor that we found, and also the extent to which people uh, tend to like an environment that's maybe a little calmer and, and not so overstimulating. So... People can go to your website. I think it's uh, Business Chemistry. I, I don't know if it has Deloitte. We'll post it on the uh, on our website, and they can take a, a test, a twenty question test, which I've done, and I show up as a driver, excuse pioneer driver in that order. Maybe you could okay. talk a little bit about that. I, I guess that doesn't make for a radio co-host, does it? 
Well, the, so, well, I think it does, actually. And, in fact, it, uh, the interesting thing about it is in connection with our study of the C-suites. And so what we find is in top C-suite executives, we see more pioneers uh, than any other type, with driver being the second most common type in the C-suite. So actually, it's not, not surprising that, that that's where you would have ended up. But 20 questions is a tool that people can use to uh, go through a structured process of answering 20 questions about somebody, you know, how they make decisions, whether or not they embrace risk, you know, whether they like to work on teams or, or equally value working alone to help narrow down what the person's uh, business chemistry type probably is. You can use 20 questions to get a sense of, of what someone's preferences might be, but one of the things I really like about business chemistry is you don't actually need a test to use it. Back to the idea of thin slicing that you talked about earlier with Malcolm Gladwell's Blink, this is something that once you get familiar with it, you can look for these tells, as we call them, like in poker, these business chemistry tells that will give you some indication of what somebody is and you can start to form a hypothesis based on that without ever needing to take a test. So I think where I was uh, is that people can use this 20-question test uh, and put in other people's names or anonymous names or whatever to kind of get, to, I think, to validate the hunch they may have about somebody. Is that correct? Yes, and it's a nice way to keep track if there's if there's a lot of people that you want to have a profile for, you can have some notes in there about your interactions. So it was meant to be a helpful aid to what you might naturally be doing in your interaction. And I think it's key also, as I was reading through the book, you have uh, several sections on pioneers and hell and integrators and hell and guardians and hell and, and stop killing their potential. Could you uh, maybe either one of you talk about what we do to kill people's potential and why this is such a good tool. Sure. You know, I think that even though we all know that people are different from us, you know, we talked a little bit about how we tend to go about doing things in the way that we prefer. And we forget in the moment or the way in which we interact with people doesn't reflect the fact that we actually do know people aren't all the same. And what happens is we create interactions and we create environments that are comfortable for us. But that automatically means it's probably not comfortable for at least 25% of the people who are your opposite and possibly, you know, some portion of the other folks who, who are one of the other types. So we're out there creating environments that are literally squashing the potential of some of the other people. Uh, Kim and I talked early on about my role when I first came onto the greenhouse team and the thought that, you know, they would spread me and my, and my skills across a lot of different research projects. And that made sense to Kim and it made sense to a lot of the other people that were on the team who tend to be pioneers and tend to like uh, working on lots of different things at a time. But that was not a situation that worked for me. And so when we changed it, so it was a situation that worked better for me, then I was able to do a lot more productive work. The whole team benefited from it, and so did I. Thank you. When we return, we will continue our discussion with Deloitte's pioneer driver, Kim Christfort, and guardian integrator, Dr. Suzanne Vickberg, about using practical magic for creating powerful relationships. I had like memory foams, I had feather pillows, and I'd always wake up with neck pain. After sleeping on my pillow, I didn't wake up with the headaches, I was more aligned. I didn't realize the connection between the pillow and sleep. When I switched to my pillow, I got a better night's sleep, and I love it. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and it holds that support all night long to take the pressure off your shoulders and keep your neck aligned so you get the best night's sleep of your life. MyPillow is machine washable and dryable and comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an amazing 10-year warranty. Plus, every MyPillow is made in the USA. I personally guarantee that MyPillow will be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. 
MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632 and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to catholictextbookproject.com to find out why. There's a new book out that will open your eyes in ways you never expected. It's called Bully of Asia by Stephen W. Mosier, a critically acclaimed author and internationally recognized authority on China. In Bully of Asia, you'll find insightful and timely commentary on the economic and geopolitical rise of the People's Republic of China. You'll learn what China's aspirations for resurgence and hegemony mean for America and the free world. Bully of Asia is a must-read for anyone concerned about China's growing power and influence, and the threat of an increasingly aggressive and militaristic China poses to Western democratic values. To get your copy of Bully of Asia, go to bullyofasia.com. That's bullyofasia.com. Find out why China's dream is the new threat to world order. Bullyofasia.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. This is Tom Laurie, and we're talking with Kim Christopher and Dr. Suzanne Vickberg about their breakthrough work at Deloitte's Greenhouse Experience Group on improving relationships at work and at home. Just like dating, it's all about chemistry. Now, in the last segment, we were talking about creating hell for people, uh, and that is something that's of great concern, maybe paying too much attention to one type over another. And Kim, uh, could you talk some more about that? Yeah, it's interesting because we do default to our own styles, but people pretty quickly can grasp the idea that they need to flex maybe to an individual who's different than themselves. The challenge really comes in when we put multiple people into a room, and then suddenly it's like, okay, well, if I do what Tom needs, am I still doing what Suzanne needs? What if they want opposite things? How can I make everybody happy? And that could be a real tipping point for teams. You know, they, they might just give up and say, well, here's our culture. We're going to do it this way. Um, or they might over-cater to a certain type. What we found and what the book really goes into in more detail is that the best starting point is to at least get to the bare minimums for each type. So in other words, what do I have to do to make sure that my guardians are able to contribute and my integrators and my drivers and my pioneers and have very specific things in place that don't take away from the rest of the group, but give them a chance to, to voice their opinion. Now, when you guys do this work, do you, have a, do you recommend that the, uh, the team leader does this, or do you recommend that somebody on the outside does this? Uh, how do you suggest that somebody goes forward with this idea of uh, building the chemistry? the team needs to own this, whether that starts from a leader or whether that starts with an individual team member, uh, there's, there's multiple paths into it. You can be effective even if you're the only person in the, world, in the room who's thinking about business chemistry. You'll be more effective if the rest of the group is as well. What we typically do is have the conversation at a team level. Usually it's with a set of leaders, and then those leaders then cascade it further through the organization. And Part of what you're doing here is building a common language. So it's not just a matter of being able to act and put processes in place that might help the types to avoid that hell we mentioned. It's also having a language to talk about it. So when you do have disconnects, 
you can quickly put it to something that's neutral. So instead of it being, ah, that person doesn't get it, it's, oh, you know, you, you know, you're coming at it from this standpoint because you're a driver. I get that. I'm coming at it from this standpoint because I'm an integrator. And that's something that we both understand and can accept. But it would seem to me that the leader is going to have to be pretty well versed in how to use this tool because uh, it doesn't stop just with one session. It's an ongoing process. Yes, it certainly helps. And we have had great success with leaders buying in for the reasons that Suzanne mentioned. There's a, there's a self-interest here. If you want your team to be high-performing and you want to get great results, it helps to recognize these working styles and play to their strengths and minimize their limitations and distractions. And we're just about out of time, but before we leave, uh, and I'll go to Suzanne first, if there's one thing you'd like to share with others about this work of business chemistry, what would it be? I would say that often when you're really struggling to work with somebody or really struggling with, with a team that you're working with, that you don't realize what's happening is is this difference in perspective and that when you can call it out by focusing in on differences in preferences and working styles, it often works a lot better than saying, you know, I feel like I'm right and you're wrong when you can say, you know, I think that my guardian perspective and your pioneer perspective are what's causing uh, this conflict right now it's a much easier way to to getting around to working through something well kim i'm hope i hope you're happy with the answer because we've run out of time <laughs> as usual <laughs> suzanne does a great job in the in her answers so yes so i want to thank both of you for joining us today from your offices in new york and san francisco their book, again, is Business Chemistry, Practical Magic for Crafting Powerful Work Relationships and Other Relationships. I added the other. You will find a link to their book on our website. If you like what you've heard and want to share it with your friends, or if you tuned in late, you can hear the whole show by going to thementorsradio.com. That is thementorsradio.com. While there, make sure you subscribe to future shows. Join us next weekend at this time for the next edition of The Mentors. Until then, on behalf of Rick Brutico and myself, Tom Laurie, be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.